millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Vulture, and welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my love struck co-host, Robert Cross. Hello, Stu. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> How's your week been, Rob? Uh, Grant, I was back to work this week, I suppose, so um, all going good there. Uh, back to back to busyness, but uh, it's nice to be back after having been largely unwell for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a, an interesting week, another very cold one. Uh, was it the, we had the Siberian winds or whatever the hell it was, so we got a bit of snow this week negative temperatures yeah it was quite not as heavy snow as in some parts of the country down here but uh, it was decent enough like um, my dog didn't like it but um, you know what what are you (laughs) gonna do yeah I think it's a weird thing in Limerick where there are hills all around us and so we're just in like this bowl that when the snow kind of comes in it all falls on the hills and so we're left completely clear i mean i I don't know if we've mentioned it before but a a couple of years back we had the beast from the east which was when similar to this when we had a really bad cold front coming in and a lot of the country was under you know feet of snow and i think down here we got like the lightest uh, dusting of snow we did but um it was nice to see it it was a bit treacherous to walk around but uh you know Um, in related news too the limerick city and county council are putting out a thing to name their uh, new gritting machines um kind of like oh no gritty mcgritface well that's taken by the scottish one i've 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 got a couple i'm working on we'll we'll see how they go yes they're based on limerick so what you're saying rob is that we can we can get the gritting machine named after the podcast if we can get a gritting pun into talking blarney but then like why why would it why would why would a gritter in Limerick be called after Blarney? That's the real question. Talking gritty. I think that may already be a podcast. <laughs> Probably a true crime one. <laughs> if not, it'll be our spin-off where we just talk about like really raunchy movies or something. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> right. So we'll jump right into Uniquely Irish, which since tomorrow for us uh, recording on Saturday is Valentine's Day, I thought we'd talk a little bit more about Irish matchmaking. I know we've uh, mentioned it in The Quiet Man, I think it was. We did, yeah. But uh, we didn't really go in depth into the whole affair as it is. Yeah, well, I think when you, you hear about it, there there's a couple of films about this. I think there is one just called The Matchmaker. Um, there's another one as well whose name escapes. I think Andy McDowell is in it. And there's like US politician that comes over here and there's a matchmaker. I don't know. But um, I suppose the main one in Ireland is the, the List Environment Matchmaking Festival uh, out, out in County Clare. Would be kind of seen as the... the oh, yeah, huge. Oh, it's, I mean, it, it's about end of August, start of September, I think most years... I might be getting that wrong. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Yeah, but, uh, like I was looking at a little bit of info about it. And it's like, oh yeah, this town, which has like a population of 800 people. And it's like once a year over the month, they get like 40,000 people coming to I believe it. get matchmaked. <laughs> getting matched, I think would be perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's it. They have kind of um, these old fellas who are like the matchmakers and they kind of pride themselves on, right? I'll, you know, get a profile on the two people, meet them, have a chat, and I'll pair them off. Because it's like, you know, and apparently they have quite a good success rate. Uh, interestingly enough, Stu, I think a couple of years back before we had the same-sex marriage referendum, they actually said, yeah, we're, we're doing same-sex couples this year or whatever you want. The Iran was like, sure, look, if two people love each other, who am I to say hello? And he was like, I'll match up any any combination you want, which was nice of them. Um, so they're progressive as well, Stu. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great thing. I mean, you know, the original Tinder, considering... But you know, like it's it's really historic in Ireland. Like it's been going for many hundreds of years. But it's generally the uh, you, you read in certain things. There'd be like a matchmaker in the village, or like maybe not in your village specifically, but you'd go to I mean the big town if you're out rural. And they'd pair you off with something because I, I suppose we kind of talked about it a little bit as well, maybe in The Quiet Man and a few other bits, the kind of other traditional Irish way was like, you know, you'd, your father would know like another family be kind of being married to for like a bit of land or or something like that. Um, 
So, oh yeah, well the dowry is a big part of it. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. But I mean that that's that sort of it too. But in the past, yeah, <laughs> in, in the past, I don't think that's an issue anymore. But yeah, matchmaking was it. I mean, as I've definitely mentioned in our literary episode before Christmas, uh, as a big John B. Keane fan, uh, letters of of a successful matchmaker. Um, is one of his short stories about a matchmaker in uh, the fictional town in Kerry, and it's 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 very very funny. It's, it's if you ever have a chance to see the play that's based on that, it's it's hilarious. Like it just goes all the <laughs> all all the 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 um, misfortunes that happen on the dates. Like there's a a woman who she keeps is a widow who keeps setting up with older gentlemen who keep dying before they have a chance to consummate the marriage. So she's had like four four dead <laughs> husbands. Poor woman. And then there's like this. Um, slightly uh, deviant um, English gentleman out in county uh, in Adair County Limerick that comes down kind of very posh shoes you know into a, into a you know ripping off his pants and chasing women around pubs basically and a few other bits and it, it ties in a little bit as well to um, Letters of a Lovesick Farmer which is um I might be one of his his best short stories, which I would highly recommend um, reading. But it, it is a bit sadder. But yeah, it, it, it's uh, certainly <laughs> a, a part in Irish life. As a list in Varna is the largest. I'm believe there are other ones around the country, but I can't off the top of my head think of any of their names. But yeah, I mean, like as you said, there like there was a time when matchmakers were just all over Ireland, like they were in any large community and it was kind of you know almost you know it was a real job that people did uh you know they they had like these books and like i watched a bit of a documentary at one point just to to learn up on it and you know they have they have these like ledgers of people and it's like it's it's a really lovely thing to just see this book that you know that he's been using for 30 or 40 years with the names of all these people and like their interests and whatever else and and then who matched with who and he kind of he might even keep up with some of them just to you know he'll He'll kind of keep a tally to to know how many successful relationships he's actually he's actually matched together. So it's really sweet in a way. Yeah, like I know in the it, it's fictional, but like John B. Keane like lives most of his life in Listowel, County Kerry, and you know he he knew people like a lot like a lot of the the characters in his stories are based on real people. Some even a little bit on himself and uh, Dicky, the matchmaker in it. He's based on real people, but he's he has like the big book as you say. There's doing he learned to do it. I haven't read it in a little bit, so I can't remember if he gets it from his father, but I think he does because I know he has a brother who's over in America who didn't want to go into the practice and they come back for a funeral. But like he'd have an encyclopedic knowledge of all the couples he matched up and he'd it's basically going to say, oh, he's, this person comes in asking for it. And he's like, well, I think I have the man for you up here. And it's it's all told through uh, letters is, is the storytelling method. So it's, um, yeah, it, 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 I, I believe it. You know, it, it's it's kind of a, almost a hereditary kind of thing in some places, isn't it? You, you kind of learn from the a father, like an uncle or something. Yeah, at, at least, if not hereditary, then at least traditional, yeah. where like someone has to teach you kind of the skills of matchmaking to be able to do it right which is unfortunate that it's becoming kind of a another one of the outdated kind of things even though it's still done yeah, so heavily in listed varna which i think you know once the pandemic is over is definitely something that we should go to just for the crack i mean it's a month-long party in listed varna well, so you know you can't really complain well, about see, that I mean, you you certainly can i'll be there to support you but i don't think i need to avail of the ser- avail of the <laughs> services uh, myself uh <laughs> uh, the matchmaking methods I needed to to to, to find my girlfriend were uh, well a little more electronic, I'm afraid, but uh, certainly they worked with uh, a great deal of success. Yeah, you know, like you no, know, it just sounds like a at least a fun uh, weekend to oh, go yeah, up I there, mean, have a bit of dancing, well, a few drinks. Seem to have a pretty decent success rate if you're if you're looking for marriage and children, apparently. So you know they they know their stuff best yeah. in the business. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different nowadays because I was reading up just on uh, how it traditionally went, and it was it was actually the parents would uh, would go to the matchmaker first. Yeah. We're like, we want them matched up, and like the the person that the, the the man or woman would get matched with was probably someone that they'd known since they were kids anyway. Obviously, in small yeah, communities, probably. but like it's just this funny little uh, way that it goes, where it's like the parents start, and you know, there's negotiations over the dowry and everything. And I think the next step was like the bride's family would walk the house of the yes. potential groom to like yeah. inspect it. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like making sure there was enough road frontage and everything else. There's, there's, and uh, there, they they said like even they they had a they had a, like a meal where both sides of the family would come together and anyone who was involved in the wedding itself once once things were agreed on and it was called the eight and the yeah, goose. I heard that expression. And it was literally like they just have a meal almost like the uh, you know the what's it the the 
pre-wedding dinner or whatever the fuck that's called. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know if there's a name for it, but I get the gist of what you mean. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there is. I just can't think of it. Shows what I'm thinking about anyway. Definitely not weddings. <laughs> maybe, maybe not for a while yet, Stu. We we can only hope. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, it, it's certainly a part in uh, some parts of Ireland where you know if you were living rural and not in a city or like a large town, there probably wouldn't have been as many opportunities to meet someone. I, I guess um, outside of school or the odd dance in one of the larger towns. So. It was pr- providing a vital service. Now you'd have the odd oh, yeah, and providing stuff. an important service, I suppose, for in, in, in even like a broad sense, like you know, the rural like farms or things like that, and they need you know the next generation, I suppose, to to look after it and keep the land. So, if, even on that kind of level, even outside of like companionship and uh, all that, um, that was kind of important. I suppose they say, oh, the houses, the house wouldn't have been complete without a woman back in the day to do the the cooking and the cleaning. Things have moved on since then, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> certainly, yeah. you know, it's like it's funny even thinking about it now. You know, obviously we we can't know, but there's a chance that both of us are only here because a uh, an ancestor at some point went to a matchmaker yeah, yeah. and found our great, however many removed grandparents yeah. <laughs> got them together. Yeah, yeah, because I remember my grandparents would. When my two grandfathers were alive, they'd, they'd tell me stories about like, how they met my grandmothers, and it was all kind of funny like that. And yeah, no, no matchmakers involved because we're from from a city, so it wasn't really wouldn't have really been the thing here as far as yeah. I'm aware. But it's it's still I still I still find it funny. Um, <laughs> like my one of my grandfathers is a big fan of uh, Johnny Cash, like American country music. But he, he really loved Johnny Cash, and I remember um, he was I think it was he was starting to see my grandmother in the early sixties, and they like went out to a dance or something. I think she told a story of like he was uh, he 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 went to the the cinema, which was like a, a big thing at the time, and like she was expecting with a box of sweets and to go up to the the fancy seats upstairs, and he was there with a, a sharing a chocolate bar in the cheap seats, and she was like, oh, I don't know about this fella now at all. So he asked. <laughs> so he asked. <laughs> Can't shift him in the cheap seats. <laughs> so I think it was like they were supposed to meet the next week and go to a dance something, but she was like, Oh, I don't know about this. No, I might just go out with my my sisters, and she, my nana did, and uh, and. Uh, she but she met him up the next week then and he's oh did you have too much is it oh we did we went to this uh there was a lovely dance now on in the savoy there was an american singer playing now i can't remember his name it was john something johnny something johnny what, what was it now like johnny cash that was his name now he was up there doing a few songs about trains and prisons it was it was a good singer now <laughs> and he was like oh i miss johnny cash in limerick <laughs> oh, God. yeah it was mental we don't get that no, anymore. We well, it's, it, that whole building is knocked down now. Sure, we've uh, <laughs> lot, well, no, just uh, we don't get that that level of celebrity just going to do a fucking. Well, he was doing a, a tour of the UK and Ireland, I believe, at the time, and sure, we we were closer to the airport. Why not? I think this, uh, judging by the timeline, still, this yeah, probably would have been around not too long before Che Guevara came to Limerick. So maybe they met each other. Who knows? And we can only hope. So I suppose that'll uh, just about do it for matchmaking. Yep. So. We'll jump right into the movie, which, of course, this week is P.S. I Love You. Based on the novel by Cecilia Hearn, who I suppose people would know. Yeah. Is a daughter of Bertie Hearn, who is our Taoiseach Prime Minister at the time. And she they was like in charge of the country when the book was written and came out and when the movie was shot and came out. So it's, it's kind of funny. I'm not aware of any other world leaders, uh, daughter or son writing a book and getting a successful enough movie when it uh when they were leading a country um let's just agree it's a world first apart, apart from king jong oh no I'm, I'm sure i'm definitely sure he wrote a, a, a many best-selling no- novels in north korea um i i, I wouldn't yeah, that he, that he kidnapped time. those uh those direct that director and actress and got them to make a load of movies for that him. was his father that was kim jong-il <laughs> ah same <laughs> he, difference he wanted them to make uh, the north korean version of godzilla uh with none of the budget or anyone that knew how to use Which was uh, lucky for them because they got out anyway back <laughs> to the movie at hand <laughs> so where do we even start with this i mean I, I think the first caveat we should say is that well you watched it with your girlfriend uh i, I watched it on my own yeah uh, i don't think it's a genre of movie that either of us would generally watch so our review is obviously biased no see that's why i wanted to watch it with uh, chloe my girlfriend because i was like i she'd seen it before and it, it's you know she she would kind of agree it's more her type of film um you know yeah and we like um, the more bang bang shooty films yeah i, I, I like a 
plenty of uh, documentaries or foreign language films as well. Plus, you know. <laughs> anyway, but uh, no, I, I thought it was appropriate to kind of do that. And I have, as I was saying to do before we started, I do have uh, her, uh, Chloe's opinions on the film and a few very choice quotes, which I think we, we might go into later and her overall review at the end. So I'll, I'll kind of be cutting, cutting to that uh, throughout the interview. But um, yeah, it's uh, certainly a, I wouldn't really say a rom-com, but um, definitely it's a it's yeah. kind of a, a bit of a soppy sort of love story. Um, I suppose just to very briefly say at the start before we get into the film about the differences between the novel and the the, the movie. I haven't read the book. Yeah, you were mentioning Yeah, yeah. That. It's so Celia Heard wrote it anyway. It, it, in about two thousand three, it came out in about two thousand four. Um, so they got the rights to this this film pretty quick because the film was shot in 2006, came out in 2007. Um, so basically, the book itself is originally set in Ireland. All of the characters are Irish. Um, so that's kind of one of the changes, like the, the husband. Uh, I'm going to forget the character's names, by the way, so I apologize in advance. Um, Sorry, I have it up on okay. uh, IMDb. So you're talking about Jerry, Jerry Sorry, played Jerry. by Jared Butler. So that one should be easier for you to remember, because it's literally Jared yep. Butler. Jerry. So Jerry, anyway, you know, he's Irish in the film, but uh, the rest of his, his wife's family are they're Irish American. They're all Irish in in the novel. Now that's not a, a massive change, but Cecilia Hearn herself uh, was apparently a bit unhappy with the Americanization of the film. Now I haven't been able to find the video interview that comes with the DVD edition of this because I can't find the DVD in the space of a week. <laughs> but I, I found some other interviews <laughs> I've read online, and it's the the, the overall kind of uh, opinion she has in it. She wasn't too much of a fan of it having been moved to America and she wasn't overall too happy with the film. Did praise the um, Hilary Swank's performance in particular in the film and uh, Jared Butler's but you know I, I think she would have rather it it was it stayed a bit closer to the book and was set in Ireland. So I, I think that's the the overarching thing there. In terms of other differences between them, um they added in the William character, uh who is the the other singer they meet in Ireland. Um, yeah, Jeffrey Dean yeah, Morgan. I've, uh, Chloe gave me some stuff on him because he's, he's in Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, oh, but, of course. It all comes back to Grey's it Anatomy. Does. Uh, so like, he, he he was added in. He, his character isn't present in the book. Um, so no, I, I, I liked his scenes, to be honest with you. So I, I didn't really have too much of an issue. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about his scenes but we'll get later to on. Other, otherwise, um, there, there isn't, that's kind of those are the main kind of differences. It's broadly follows the same sort of plot. The only other difference is that in the book she gets all of the letters together after after Jerry dies, and she just she's just kind of told open one a month as opposed to them being sent to her like mailbox once a month or every couple of weeks. So that's the only real other difference. It largely gets the the overall plot of the book kind of the same. Just it's in it's in America, yeah, I mean, Ireland. Like, I, I think changing it from uh, her having all the letters is probably a fair point because if that were me i'd just be opening every fucking letter to see what it said i wouldn't be waiting a month yeah. between no each. i i think it's i think it, served, might I think it served the film quite well to have it that, like the, the whole bits where like she's just standing there and waiting for the mailman to get to her post box it's, it's yeah. quite sweet uh, so i think we should start off with jared butler himself because that accent was just abysmal now before we know where he's from, right, I kind of wrote down, what accent is he going for? It sounds like a Mayo accent with a little bit of Northern Ireland in there for, like, the speaking pattern. It's like, if you know what I mean, it's like he's kind of going for, like, a West accent, but he's got, like, a little touch of the North in it. Uh, Chloe said he, she thought he was going for a North Dublin accent with a hint of Scottish. So we we, we didn't really agree on that. Presumably he's from Enniskerry in, in County Wicklow, and I wouldn't have said that's a Wicklow accent in the least. Like he's, he's not really doing much of an accent at all. I mean, there's like like we've seen it before where there's a bit of an Irish lilt, but he's just it's a, a Scottish accent. Like he's doing his normal accent. Yeah, I mean that's it. Like I think he's trying to do like an Irish accent, but he gets some of the pronunciations are like vowels and things okay but when he sings in particular it it drops to like an american i know it's not his natural accent but it, it kind of goes to just an american accent and i think like was even claude say as well that you know maybe he it's because he was living in america so long that he kind of picked up a bit of a yankee accent but like we learn later in the film he hasn't been there that long i mean nine years I suppose you'd pick up a bit of an American accent, but not to the extent that yeah, he has it, it just, I don't think. It was just kind of poor. I mean, in fairness, if we're talking about accents, Jeffrey Dean Morgan did a fairly good accent. He I did. Thought. You know what? He's I the, think he did. The, the He's best the best friend. friend. He's now, yeah, presumably exactly. also from Enniskerry County, Wicklow. Now, I 
you know, you'd, you'd let him away with having that type of accent. It's not really a Wicklow accent, but yeah, but at least it sounds. No, no, Irish. I think like it, it's fair enough. Like, I mean, if I were to 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 place his accent, I think I had it down as generally more Midlands. But you know, it's not out of place in Wicklow. I think I think it's fine. Like he does a perfect. Like I, you would have said he's putting on an Irish accent, maybe, but not to the not to the same extent. Um, his singing voice is we was having Clover pretty sure that wasn't him actually singing. We know it was Jared Butler singing, so we think he mightn't have the best singing accent but yeah there you go like, in fairness overall like it, it's a crazy uh cast of characters like you know yeah. Hilary Swank, Jerry Butler, Lisa Kudrow from Friends, James Marsters I love that guy who uh I think at one point I wrote down he just looks like he's he's supposed to be in Greece like he came up and was like oh I thought we were doing like Greece too or something because he has that like real greaser hair <laughs> he, he just has like a real he has a real greaser hair and he's like wearing like the leather black leather jacket and everything it's like see the wrong movie what's going on he's here looking for grease light, clearly yeah i mean everyone else kind of does a, a fairly good job i think henry um, frank did a good job many other irish accents yeah she was great I, I thought it was it was really funny like when they had the flashbacks when they met and it's like yeah they just look the same like it's been 10 years or whatever it's been no nine years yeah, she's oh, sorry, it's a bit longer. and they met when they were 19 so it must be but 11 years can I, can I just point out in in like okay so like there's the bit where she's turning 30 and all right, Hilary Swank looking 30, fine. You know, not really going to debate that too much. But, you know, when she's looking basically the exact same and like when she first meets Jerry and she's like you know, up looking for the, the Wicklow Mountains um, National Park and she's been walking in it for about three hours. Uh, and, you know, she's supposed to be 18, 19 there. And I mean, like now, yeah, Hillary Swank certainly a, a very, a very nice looking uh, person, you know, attractive. But I don't think she she can quite pull off eighteen, nineteen. There, it's a bit of a stretch, if you don't mind me saying. And Chloe, Look, even Jared really Butler good. looked the exact same. Which he would have been. Uh, I mean, like he's basically about it, five years it, older. It's than an her. odd thing. He was, yeah, but he, yeah, yeah. he was supposed to be twenty five at the mm, time they met. Maybe, like, <laughs> obviously, it would be it would have been a strange thing if they had like cast younger people to play them i suppose if they had just like aged them up slightly so that it didn't seem because yeah. like otherwise whatever anti-aging creams they're using fucking get some yeah. of that no i mean it, it's great it's just it, it, it it's one of the few kind of things where i was like you know she looks the exact like i don't know if you could put a hat on him or something to or like a scarf to make him look younger you know that kind of thing but i, I don't know it just didn't it just doesn't look right because they look the and sound the exact same if yeah, but I I don't really think it's the actor's fault. I don't think it's maybe the director's fault. I just think it's it was just kind of a thing you had to do because that's what's in the novel, like where where they first meet, and there wasn't really like another way of doing it. And it's a nice enough scene, like where they're you know they're kissing on the boreen with the dog. <laughs> that's quite uh, funny. But yeah, you know, I, I suppose you couldn't really recast yourself. It was just the, the easiest thing to do, and I I don't fault them for doing it. It's just it's just pushing it a little bit to say she's eighteen. Yeah, like it probably scene, it's just it probably would have been easier if they had younger actors and then like made them look a little older for the rest of the movie or something. Maybe I'm not. Yeah. A director or make, any of that so i have no idea but yeah yeah so like uh we'll just jump down through some of the their attempts to to squeeze in a bit of irishness i don't know whether this was in the book forgive me i haven't read it but you know like even towards the start it's like oh uh, me bollocks me arse kind yeah. of being thrown in there the what i love bit as well he's um the very start of the film, like they're, they're living in this apartment in Chinatown, they're going to come back arguing and well, oh, should we have a baby or whatever? And like they eventually kind of do get it on a little bit, but Jerry's like, um, he, he comes back into the room and he's like wearing uh, the suspenders from his his like shirt and he's, he's yeah, got the, um, the, leopard, the shamrock boxers, shamrock, shamrock uh, jocks, and uh, I, I, he does he goes into a bed wearing shoes and socks and takes off the shoes but leaves on the socks, which I suppose a little bit of an Irish thing. But uh, I mean, like Jesus, the the the, the leprechaun. It's cold, Rob. Why it's cold? But I mean, Jesus, the um the thing. There's also a line that they say there where um is that oh, you're going to go to Timmy Harrison? Sure, he's a woman now. And I was like, oh, that line hasn't aged particularly well, has it? Oh, I didn't catch oh, no, that. Oh no, myself and Chloe did. Well, and speaking we of like, lines that haven't aged fairly well, the uh, shortly after, like you know, it it doesn't show any of uh, Jerry getting sick or anything. It just kind of jumps from that evening yeah. in the in the apartment. He's dead to his wake yeah. and uh yeah and they just you know they they play his favorite song which is uh fairy tale in new york and uh the priest shouts out a, a certain slur very loudly they're all happy and sing along to okay it. like this is i think we may, might have talked a little bit about this before 
before Christmas, like with Fairy Tale in New York, it's kind of the it's have, a, like it's the typical Irish Christmas song. There was there's a big debate pretty much every year in December in this country and the UK as well, where it's like, right, do you play that song unedited or do you edit out the um the F word um in it, you know? Um there's also like the line as well, you know. Well, jump, it, like it's been decided. See, recently, like the, this year, they finally edited it. They have a different word. I can't remember what it is, but it's not the yeah. the original version anymore. Yeah, but there's always controversy and backlash about it too. And that's just the way things are. But I wouldn't think. It, I don't think there's anything wrong with a priest having a bit of an old sing song. But uh, I think shouting out that word yeah. is probably not the best yes it was just a small thing it was like the priest outfit was a little bit it just looked a bit off like particularly it had you know the, the kind of dog collar that went the whole way around like not under a collar so i've i, I don't know maybe that's a thing I, I it just looked odd i presume he's a catholic priest and jerry's catholic i mean that part of wicklow is a little bit church of ireland protestant but i you know i don't know <laughs> yeah i suppose it was a little odd but there are another few bits of just shoving in irishness in in some weird way like uh, which i didn't know you said that the she had all the letters initially in the book but you know one of them arrives via leprechaun who's supposed to sing to her it was was apparently off broadway at yeah Pacino. really weird so um, he's had a bit of a career uh, dive can i just if we just go back to the, sorry, just to briefly say to you about the pub, uh, just to go back to the wake there. Firstly, Chloe just says, Rob, would you want people to do a lot of shots of whiskey at your funeral? Of course. Me, yes. Yes, I would. Secondly, Stu, as I do for all of the films where we have an Irish pub with the name, I looked up Teddy's Irish Bar uh, and Irish Pub, both combinations. Would you like to know what the first result was? There wasn't the first result, but I did look down to get like a, there's a couple of places called Teddy's. There's like a Ted's in town here in Limerick. There used to be. Well, it's basically one like a Teddy's Irish bar, because specific like outside of, outside of Ireland. Would you like to guess where I found Teddy's Irish bar? I, I assume the first one was probably at least the one, if not the one from the movie, then maybe a reference to it. I couldn't find the one for the movie actually. Um, I I don't know if that's actually a bar or something. I couldn't specifically find that one. Presumably, it's there. No, Stu. It was an Irish, like a, you know, an Irish pub okay. outside of Ireland, certainly, but not in America. Uh, any any guesses you'd like to throw out there? It's uh, I, I I'm not aware there was a large Irish population in this place. I will say that, or any. <laughs> uh, I'd have no idea, but I did just look it up. There does seem to be a, a Teddy Teddy's bar in New York. Okay, maybe it was that. But the one that I found that was with Teddy's Irish in okay, Brooklyn. Maybe that's it. Uh, was in Accra in Ghana. Makes sense, I think. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Fair enough. We have Irish um, pubs everywhere. I, I, I was, well, I, I wasn't aware there was one in Ghana, but fair enough. There's Irish all over Africa and they're certainly very fond of Guinness there. Yeah, I, I looked it up. It, see, this seems like a very nice place. Um, They, they were having Lucky a huge barbecue night last night, by by all accounts. Um, but yeah, we had the uh, the dreaded return of corned beef sandwiches, the, the great Irish staple. That's all we ever eat here. Like, there's a bit as well where they're, um, she goes to uh, the wife's character, who Hilary Swank's character, um, goes like, see, Polly. Holly or Polly, is it? Holly. Holly with Holly. H. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I never, I rarely write down the names because I just go by actress sometimes when I'm doing my summaries. Uh, so Holly anyway, like, goes to her mother and her sister and they're having dinner in the, the pub. And it's like they're having corned beef with, like, salad and rice, it looks like. Uh, I can't say I was paying too much attention to what they were eating. I just assumed it was spuds. No, I think there were spuds there. Mash or some kind. Maybe. It looked like rice to me. It could have been mashed. Maybe makes more sense. But, like, I would you have corned beef for dinner with, like, salad and potatoes? I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's terribly common. I don't know. I mean, you, you, you've heard of Tex-Mex, but the newest thing is, is I don't know, age-rich. <laughs> Sham, sham, I don't know. Shammies, probably a daddy. <laughs> you know, you have a fusion restaurants. This is just kind of Irish Asian fusion. I'll open, I'll open like an Irish Asian fusion restaurant called the Rice Paddy. I mean, that's that's actually quite or the uh, Paddy Field. Yeah, I suppose that, that, you could. You there you go. I do know, I do know an Irish pub in London that uh, it's an Irish rugby bar on the Ennis Road of all places up near Finsbury Park. And they're famous for actually having um, a, a Chinese curry house in, in, inside of it. So like you go up to your table, you can order a chicken curry of, of varying strengths up to your table at any time. And, it, you know, it was lovely. <laughs> what else have we got? I think like one thing that I noticed throughout the watching of the movie, and I'll see what you think. Hilary Swag's character, 
seemed like a bit of a bitch, like most of the time. I mean, just in terms of any time Jerry did something wrong, like she was on him. Yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to forget. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Give some of it later in the film because she's, like, grieving. But like the flashback scenes in the start of it, it's like, yeah, it's I I don't know. It's it, it's like she seems to have a bit of a short temper. I mean, you kind of see like she's, she's like job hopping, can't find her real passion in life until the very end where she. Yeah, she becomes like a shoe like designer. Yeah. Shoes. yeah. So maybe that kind of plays in part of it. I mean, I, I kind of get the impression because you hear it later from her mother, like her father left the family and it's you're going to find later. Oh, he didn't die. Like Jerry did, he he just kind of ran off with someone. I think is is what I was implied. <clears throat> so she kind of never said, oh, "I'll never trust a or love or trust a man again." Until she met Jerry, and it all kind of changed. And the mother didn't like that. So maybe it's kind of to do with that. Like she's has a distrust. Yeah, yeah like I, I can see, I can see what you mean there. It's just like you know they have that karaoke scene in flashback where uh, Jerry's up singing and and everyone's loving it. And then he kind of, he, he challenges Holly to come up and sing. And she does. And she's like, she's doing a great job, you know, singing away, everyone's loving it. And then she trips over some cables and breaks her nose. And like, she's just like, oh, it's your fault. Like you, you, you made me do it. It's like, no, you, you fell over some wires and broke your nose. It's not his yeah, fault. It was pretty funny. While, while you were drinking, it's like, happens to the best of us. Yeah. I suppose they love each Man other. Man has a patience of a saint. You get through the good and the bad. And that's fair enough. Like, yeah, it was just, it just felt a bit weird. Then uh, throughout the movie, you have that, I said, uh, Daniel, that poor fella, just fancying her. And like, she's just kind of completely oblivious for most of it, or at least ignoring it. I like, I will say, Chloe really didn't like this guy, Daniel. And I, you know, like, I don't really get it either. Cause isn't it like said he's basically autistic? Um, and like, yeah, it was a bit weird that, that way. You know, yeah, like, kinda, and it's, he, he has no filter. Well, that's like, is then she's like, oh, you haven't taken your medications today. And he's like, nah, I wanted to go and see you. And it's like, that's a, you know, Jesus, I, I don't know about that at all now. I mean, it's kind of stereotyping people, neurodivergent people. Yeah, they're well, obviously they're like different types um, and stuff. And it's like, all right, I have several close friends who have autism and whatever, and, you know, they don't act like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I will also uh, Chloe specifically said, uh, Chloe specifically said about Daniel, particularly the bit at the end where, like, you think the two of them are going, to, uh, uh, Holly and himself are going to kind of get off. Um, he shouldn't be a character in this. Are we to believe she's fallen in love with this clown? And after they decided, <laughs> thank God. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just weird because like they were kind of painting him as you know, poor down on his luck fella, and then nothing really happens. You know, he like was at one point he like hears her talk, and I can't remember what she says, but he had like bought them tickets to the Yankees game. And he tears them up, and he rips them up. Yeah, and that's that is kind of a bit of his ad because like he knows she, that she and Jerry like the Yankees because well she's you know from New York and it's apparently yeah I mean tea, I don't know yeah it must be the non Irish team because it's against their religion she whatever. says maybe it, it, you know I presume is it like an Irish Italian rivalry in New York with baseball teams you can say maybe um, someone will write in and tell us what I, we're I, missing I, no Joe DiMaggio was a baseball player. As it, we don't like we don't get baseball here in, in Ireland. It's just not really any country, I suppose, outside of America. Maybe yeah, I'm sure they love it there. It's you know, when yeah, no, like, I, I realize it sounded a bit sarcastic, but no, but, I, I do um, understand that they love baseball yeah. in Japan. Apparently, it's expanding into China at the moment as well. I I found out the other day. 
Um, they, they did a successful tour there a couple of years back. And the, the issue is they also went to do a tour in Taiwan. And that's obviously, um, you know, yeah. complicated. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, move, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from, uh, you know, the one or two China's policies do and get back to the movie, maybe. Probably for the best. For another day. <laughs> Listenership in China down to zero now. Oh, what did we do? <laughs> I suppose another kind of gripe I had with the movie and once again this isn't something that I'm an expert on or as a man can't really comment too much but I've I, I don't know you probably don't watch it Rob but uh WandaVision is a big show that's out at the minute and I've been watching some reviews of that and uh sometimes some yeah. women are discussing how in a lot of movies and and other forms of media women are always portrayed as like, you know, oh, they, they lose their mind once their, their man leaves and it gets a bit of an issue. And, you know, because yeah. she does kind of, she becomes a hermit. She's living in the house the whole time. She, yeah. Like the place is a mess. You know, it smells. She loses her job. Well, like she loses her job a bit later, but, you know, stuff like that, that kind of can be a bit problematic when it, it it's all the time that this is how women are portrayed. Just like, obviously it's a sad thing yeah. that he died and she she's allowed to be upset about it, but Seems like yeah. a bit much, maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I see your point in in that it kind of gets into the kind of trouble. Women are fragile, and you know they can't. Yeah, take I th- this like big when when you have to compare kind of when, when in the movie almost, you, you can yeah. compare the way she reacts to it, the way Daniel reacted to his, was like, oh, you know, his his he got into a threesome with his wife and someone else, in his partner uh, in his whatever job they had. And then his wife realized that she was a lesbian and they went off. And so then he went off sleeping with a load of hookers. And it's like, you know, oh, yeah, a man just like goes off and yeah. has gets a load of sex workers. But a woman crumbles and can hardly live without him. Shoddy gets off again with his former best yeah. friend in Irish. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, says, ah, Jerry would have been yeah, all right with that. that. We, like shared, that we shared everything. Something else. I mean, not, clearly the end of the movie seems that, that they're going to get together. But it's like... That is a weird, weird thing. Yeah, like, I mean, even uh, Chloe kind of said it as well. Like, that's very unusual. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Like, I get, like, being best friends and close with someone, but, like, you know, I don't, I don't, if you, like, had a close friend, like, Stu, if you died, I wouldn't hit on you. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. I would think that was inappropriate. Um, You know, so that's not an Irish thing. I'd like to get that out of the, the way, but, um, that's very weird. Like I like his character William in 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 the film. Um, I got some more stuff on him. We'll we'll talk about the kind of the Irish scenes in in a bit because I, I have a, a fair bit on that. But <clears throat> specifically about William, he's he's played by the what's the the actor's name? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's in a, a lot of different. Up. He's in like, um, the Walking Dead. I didn't recognize he was. I didn't recognize he was the comedian in. Oh Watchmen yeah, in, until yeah. the very end of the film. He's great. He's great in that. I I think he's he's just such a complete prick in that film. I I I, I I'll defend that film. It's too long. It's a bit of a <laughs> shit in places. Doesn't compare to the graphic novels, but damn it, I like his character in that quite quite a lot. He's got personality. Chloe is a big fan of Grey's Anatomy, and he's in it. Um, she 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 asked me to include this in it. She says he's Denny in Grey's Anatomy. His story arc is that he's alive in the first bit, then he's still starring in the show, but he's a ghost. Um. And she says, while he's a ghost, he's having a relationship with one of the doctors and they have sex on, and she gets cancer. So my response to that was, she slept with a ghost and got cancer. And she says, yeah, that's in the show. And apparently, Chloe says, he also goes to the the doctor he's sleeping with that he's a horse of a man. And she said that was disgusting. And I'm like, fair enough. Yeah, I did not realize that... Uh... It was Grey's paranormal anatomy, but fair enough, I you suppose. Know, I've only yeah. seen bits of the show. I wasn't aware there was any ghosts or things like that in it, but clearly I, I need to watch it more. I'm sure Chloe be I'm like, man, I'm a ghost, not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in, the, it's like in the sixth sense, that would have spiced things up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like oh, the, that, that whole scene where they're like cuddling in bed and like they've just slept together. This man whose best yeah. friend died, and this woman who the, the same best friend is like her husband, and like they're cuddling, and he's telling her stories about him. Like that's just weird. Like that's I don't know if it's morbid or creepy or what it's it like, is, but it's just not right. It's like yeah, but it's, I mean, like I get the kind of like it's supposed to be like a sweet and touching scene, and you know, in a sense, it is like you know meeting his his best friend like growing up and him telling old stories about him uh, Jerry it's like that is nice but just the yeah but the if it had been in a pub and they hadn't just had sex yeah see, maybe. I think if 
they like because they they're they're in uh, Whelan's in Dublin or Whelan's as um, Phoebe from Friends says. Um, like, yeah, is, no is a hard is is Whelan's a hard name to pronounce if you're American? Like, is that just uncommon over there? I I didn't think it was. I've never I've never really thought about that. You could mispronounce that name, but I mean, maybe I'd say they probably just put that in as a joke. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I'd say People so. Uh, Whelan's is is a is a real pub in Dublin. It's on Camden Street, near, near enough to where I work. Actually, uh, it's kind of like if you want to see like a proper gig in Dublin, it'd be kind of the main the main kind of spot for that. A lot of bands would kind of play in there, so I wouldn't really say they do just have like guys up doing Galway Girl and the like there. But maybe it's a nice pub, um, certainly. But you know, I, I just said as well, Stu, that um, whenever we see kind of geography stuff. Um, in a, in an Irish movie, I I did a little thing on that. They're staying in Enniskerry County Wicklow. That is a real place. Um, it's a fairly small town now. There, there's not a great deal there. Former disused railway line there, no longer used. That's the main thing I know. But oh, it's it's a nice little part of Wicklow. It it'd be a little bit in the west. It's kind of away from like um you know uh Bray, the kind of main town there, and uh, Greystones as well. Um. So yeah, it's a grand spot. Presumably Jerry's from there, which is fine. So yeah, no no issues with that. It's not too far away from Dublin City Centre as well, or even Dublin City. So it's just a bit south. So that's kind of grand. Now I was thinking in it because they go into Whelan's in Dublin City to have a bit of crack, or whatever. Presumably that's what Jerry instructed them to do, which is fair enough. And then they end up like uh, back there and things. So I had to check that because I was like, that's a hell of a trek, you know, to get from there to there. I used to work in Black Rock, which is fairly close to the kind of Dublin Wicklow border. And it was always very difficult for me to get home to North Dublin, which I, I didn't have too far from the city centre. But but still, so I was like, it doesn't seem right. So when they run out of Whelan's, uh, Holly runs out of Whelan's, she goes, you know, she's in that little kind of um, tunnel thing, Stu, where the steps are. Yeah. So like, it's yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah. she got like, you know, he was singing, uh, William was singing like Galloway Girl. And then she like imagined there was like a whole band of room that he came down and kissed other people. People and then she ran out for some reason and uh so she ran from Whelan's down to by the Haypenny Bridge which is that's about 20-25 minutes maybe in the rain so that's a fair play to her like how, Look, how her I friends mean, even knew she was there Rob, that, like you, you, missed, not, you yeah. missed the whole uh underplot of Holly actually being a long distance sprinter it, it's very it's subtle but like it is well, in she's there. Like running back to get the mail um that's why she's all about the well, shoes I know, but it's it's just like that's not a short walk, really. I mean, you know, it's not <laughs> yeah. too bad, but but still, it's like, how did your friends find you? That's a you know, you you would you'd you have to go quite a bit and go down by the river, then they'd have to know to look there. Like it's not, I mean, unless they were thinking just look for Dublin landmarks and they ended up at the Haypenny Bridge and saw there. It's like okay, but like I it would have taken them probably about maybe an hour or two to, to find her. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. Then I was thinking, right, so they get back to Ennis Curry then. I'm thinking like a taxi or whatever. That would be pretty hard. So I, I did check this. Um, if traffic is light, you could actually do a taxi in 30 minutes, which isn't terrible. But that would probably cost you a fair bit. I figure it would be about, with the three of them sharing a taxi, maybe about 25, 30 quid, um, if not a bit more. So... Not like getting a tax driver to take you from there to Edisgary, the city centre. A lot of them might just say no to you, so <laughs> would be would be a little bit tricky. But yeah, it's actually Look, it's actually not money, that sure. bad. Yeah. You know, we'll 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 go past that. But that's the my my summary of the Irish geography. Not not as egregious as some, but it's still a little bit far out from Dublin. But it's his hometown, so fair enough. Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, she has the flashback to to Jerry singing Galway Girl, and uh, I just like to take this moment to possibly lose some some listeners and say fuck Ed Sheeran and his his theft of the name Galway Girl. He made a shit version of the song about a woman who wasn't even from fucking Galway. I don't think she was even Irish. No, she was she was she was married or something. She was from, uh, she and was she from, was from Limerick. Limerick. Yeah, and it's just just ridiculous. I don't like it. Uh, like Galway Girl is a great song. We all love that tune. Uh, and he just just kind of capitalizing There's, on the um, name. Didn't a, like it. Well, it's a it's a it's a different song. Galway Girl Edge here, and just like this is the original version uh, written by Steve Earle, the the great kind of American singer songwriter that you might know. And uh, Mundy, an Irish singer, uh, actually did a, a more popular version of it over here. And Funnily enough, too, I think Mundy is actually the guy that's singing, uh, like Dub Williams singing, because when they're sitting down in the booth in the in Whelan's, the, the three girls, there's 
there's actually a Monday poster right behind him that's very visible. So I thought that was a subtle little reference to it. Um, oh, right. Monday plays in Wheelands. I mean, it it could be. I'm sure it's probably um, in the casting there somewhere. But, uh, well. Yeah, I just I had to have that little rant about. No, you're right. Ed Sheeran and his, I like Galway. It's a, a, a great popular. Song. It's become an Irish song, even though it's written by an American. But like, it, it, it's a great song. Um, one other little subtle thing as well that I kind of noticed a little bit in and Chloe did too. It's like when they're in Whelan's, there's like a, a pint of Guinness, which is largely untouched. Um, I will say fair fair play to Will, Williams Gardner. Like he's he's necking that Guinness and to like no end. He's drinking it properly, but uh, Holly doesn't. And there's two glasses of whiskey. I noticed that the middle friend, not Phoebe from Friends, wasn't uh, drinking. And then when she says she's pregnant later in the boat, oh right, she yeah, she's yeah, pregnant yeah. later in the boat. It's like I knew you were because you weren't drinking in the pub, and that makes perfect sense. And I was like, there you go. Yeah, I think I noticed that she was drinking something else, but so I just assumed it was Chloe like whiskey that, or Chloe said, some kind of spirit. Because Chloe said three things on the table, like a Guinness and two whiskeys. And then Chloe's like, didn't Holly just drink her friend's drink as she goes for a sip of whiskey before she goes up to talk to William you know, when he's up at the bar but, and the two girls get up there. And then she's, but she's seen them with a pint of Guinness yeah. afterwards. And I said, I think she's just going for like a boiler maker. She's like, you know, a Guinness and a whiskey or whatever, but doesn't drink. You're supposed to drink the the whiskey first then the guinness not just drink the whiskey and then have the guinness afterwards but if you want to sure whatever it's like after a friend wasn't drinking and i was like i bet she's pregnant <laughs> <laughs> yeah which we find out in the weirdest yeah. way when they are stuck on a boat in uh, okay. the middle of a lake on, on this bit because i i was get i i remember we had to pause the film when we were watching this because i had to give out and take a few notes of this so you've got three americans too in I, I, I this is down near Powers Court near near Enniskerry. I'm, I'm quite confident there is a bit of a lake around there uh, and a very nice waterfall as well. If if anyone wants to visit Wicklow, that's a nice place. So three American girls have no real experience of fishing or boats or anything like that. You just let them out in a lake in a rowing boat on their own because presumably they rented this boat. Yeah, because and you couldn't rent an yeah. outboard motor. And, you know, yeah, but Not I mean, like, in Ireland, did, engines. I mean, I'm just like, did no one? Surely the rental place would have a guy that would go with them who would like know the lake and like, oh, I'll get you to like a good fishing spot and I'll keep, I'll make sure nothing goes wrong. And because like you see them, they lose the two oars off the side and have to be rescued several hours later by conveniently William who lives in Enniskerry, then it all kind of dies together. But like, that's incredibly irresponsible, you know, um, on behalf of the rental company. They could have died. They could have drowned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, well, they had their, uh, their life jackets on the weird and kind eventually. Yeah, but um, it's just. But it was so weird. It's like, just like, don't sit in the lake for hours. Like, someone jump in and swim, or you know, paddle well, with your hands. Um, myself and Chloe got it both agreed, and that Chloe was like, really, just like Holly, get in there and swim back to shore. And uh, she she can't go because she's pregnant. And Phoebe is, uh, you know, getting married to the guy they meet in New York. He's yeah, a detective from Lauren Order SVU actually. And I was like, all right, fair enough. But like, still. Um, and then Chloe also said maybe they didn't get it from a rental place. Well, the boat was just at the house. And then I'm like, so the boat was just at the house they're staying at uh that raises further questions because it's like were the life jackets there with it okay and then it's like how do they get it there like they have a car but unless there's like a, a trailer for the boat or something how would and how i don't know if they know how to launch a boat that raises further questions i think they're uh, I, I don't think we're uh we're meant to look place. that deeply into the nonsense it ended that, up that, that became way, this movie this was, the bit of the fil- this was the bit of the film that annoyed me the most i mean <laughs> i don't think it was supposed to even uh <laughs> talking about the 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 house that they're staying in when they get to Ireland. Like, it looked weird architecturally to me. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that kind of style of house. Maybe that's just my own lack of, un- um, lack of knowledge. I would but... take a guess it's sort of like um, was built there maybe by like an English person to get like a nice retreat house out, out in the countryside. Um, Like if you like there's there's a couple like of. Uh, kind of larger houses around that part of the country you know, from like former British lords and people over there and uh, not too far outside of Dublin so you know the idea would have been that they'd um, when it was in season as, as, uh, as yeah. they call it you know they'd, they'd be up they'd have a house in Dublin and they could go around uh, socializing with you know the 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 good and the great people of Dublin. And then out of season, they they'd go out to like the countryside and do their do do their stuff um, down there. And they might you know, get the train down to Wicklow or get a carriage, and they might have their own little private railway hall to have somewhere they can you know get get back to nature and all that. So I'd take a guess at something like that. Um, doesn't seem out too out of place, but it's a nice house. Yeah, it just seemed like odd architecturally to me. Just. I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that in Ireland myself, but I could just be 
going down the wrong streets, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I suppose to, before we finish up, the, the last big thing is she brings her mother back to Ireland uh, to meet Jerry's parents. <laughs> and yeah. the mother, like, looks at a field uh, and a hill and, you know, she's like this big fucking emotional moment is like, do they not have, you know, fields in America? I mean, I know it's obviously, it's a beautiful scene and everything, but it's just yeah. like, she has this like really crazy reaction to it considering well, it's a field. Like, I mean, I get like you live in New York City and they're, they're, they may not be readily, but terms of there's, there's too many fields there, like barring like Central Park, which I suppose is a bit different because they're like, they're walking through Central Park at the end where like the, the mother reveals that Jerry asked her to keep an eye and make sure the letters got to her and gives yeah. her the last letter. Um, is fair enough but as well like the mother she's kind of hitting on jerry's father who's presumably yeah single, and the two of them kind of hit. And no no I'm no, no, like, no hang on now rob that's that's not jerry's father that's uh that's william's father jeffrey dean morgan oh sorry my dad. that's that's what i meant my apologies there she's going to see william and then the father sorry that's what i meant um and then i'm like wait a minute now are you flirting with the father who's presumably single but yeah no i, I think i think what's happening is that they're going to see jerry's parents but william and his father are kind of helping out nearby and yeah. that's when they kind of meet them and she drops uh holly's mother drops the, the box of chocolates and then william's father says something raunchy i can't remember what it was now very kind of yeah. innuendo-y yeah no, that's that's fair enough i mean it's a nice little scene to end I, I, yeah it kind of closes off in, with like in, in the, the hint the hint that uh Holly and William are going to get together, which is still creepy um, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, before we kind of move on to the the kind of summing up, I might just touch on a few very brief points. I just, yeah, yeah, my go own ahead. notes I was taking, and a couple of other things Chloe said that I I just like to get across there. So yeah, I mean overall it's fine. I mean a, a point that Chloe seized upon was that you know um you see the uh, Jerry was cremated and like they have like this yeah. huge urn box, don't they? It's the thing that they're doing the shots off of in in the bar. There's a bit where like they you get the first letter and like Jerry's like go oh, go out with your your girlies and have a good night, and they decide to go to a gay bar fair enough and um you know they, they talk in by saying she's the princess of finland and they love gays and i was just like down there do gays love finland question mark look into it anyway but <laughs> um there's a bit where they're all like dancing and stuff and she ends up with uh <laughs> this really surreal bit where she's just there with like three older gay men talking about all the friends they've lost to aids and they're like oh don't worry honey it gets it gets easier and i'm like this is a really weird scene and then Chloe pointed out when they go back to, she runs out and goes back to the, the mother's pub. And it's like, did she bring the the massive urn into the nightclub? Because when she goes back to like the the, the bar that her mother owns and she's like drunk in the, the closet and then Daniel goes in to see her, like they, they she gets sick on his shoes. And they have to put him, they have to put her in the mother's bedroom upstairs. It's like, yeah. they have the I don't remember the urn seeing them, them carrying it, but they have it. No, at, no, I, they, I know they, they have it. I know they have it in the, in the, yeah. the bar. <laughs> But I don't remember them going into the gay bar that, with but it. But see, the thing is, why is it in the bar? Because it was back in her house and that's not her house there. So it that was a, a point. Chloe was a book kind of copped. Is like, wait a minute, because she doesn't live over the uh, Teddy's bar. Her mother does. And she has her own apartment in Chinatown uh, elsewhere. And it's like, we know the urn was in the house when her friends turned up and she got the first letter. And then it was in the bar. At the other. We don't specifically see it in the nightclub scene, I don't think. But I don't like, did someone go to her house and bring it there? Or did they have it in the night? Like, it's, it might just be like a plot. I don't know, like the only thing I could assume yeah. is that, because remember that uh, Jerry says in the recording, which I thought was a bit creepy as well. He says to to leave the, the tape recorder with James Marster's character, John, yeah. I believe. Uh, yep. So unless th- unless there was like more information, it was like oh, bringing yep. me to the pub. It was just a bit. We like I just said I'd mention it because it's it's just like it's almost like there's a bit missing there, or they didn't think to have the. I know, it's it's just doesn't. There's just like a, a thing missing from there. I presume it's a plot hole, and and that's all it is. Um, another little bit as well where Jerry and Holly first meet, you know, and she's walking up the road and like she's in, where's the Wicklow National Park? And he's like, You've been walking in it for the last three hours. And then she's like, Oh, I have to get back to Dun Lagahiri. Oh, yeah. Leary. Yeah, that I thought I thought that was a bit funny. And I was like, Yeah, I've definitely heard a load of Americans in Dublin pronouncing it in a kind of a similar way. So I was like, I like I, I actually quite like that bit. That gave me a little bit of a chuckle. Um uh, look, Rob, I, I mean you know, uh, some foreign place names are quite hard. Yep. Uh, I do have one bit of embarrassment myself when uh, I was in Poland and yep. someone was like, oh, where are you going next? And I was like, oh, I'm going to Roklaw next. And he, he looked oh, at me right. like, what the fuck are you saying? And I was like, oh, you mean Wrocław. 
It's like, yeah, yeah I've been pronouncing <laughs> that completely wrong because W's or V's and an L with a line through it. Is uh, it's just like, yeah. oh, God. Oh, no, I done the, like I done the same like in with English place names, actually, because like if you're in London, it's like I was saying Chiswick, Miss Chiswick or like uh, it's not Southwark, it's Southwark. It's like or even like get to, they get to like Loughborough. It's like, how is that Loughborough? You know, <laughs> Thing, or like sure yeah she's anyway look sure it's it's not I'm, I'm not giving out there i'm just saying it's a it's a common thing i'd hear i'd always tell people it's pronounced dunleary you know or like even like they'd see port leash or things like that and they they wouldn't know it but i like that bit anyway um yeah that was funny right. you know I, I did look into how like if you were walking from dunleary to the national park now the national wicked national park is just up in the mountains it is just like not really signpost it's just the mountains it's lovely yeah you're so, just in it when you were yeah, when so you're in it i kind of presume that they were fairly close to enniskerry because enniskerry is kind of in the middle of it like if you walk the full thing it'd be seven hours and you'd be up to sally's gap right to the top of the mountains but presuming she walked from dunleary to enniskerry it'd be about about three hours I got off Google Maps three three and hours ten fifteen ish. So that's a that's a decent walk, and she has to presumably walk it back then. So fair play to her. Yeah, although for some reason the map didn't tell her that she was already in the park. We, but we won't, won't get know. into that. So I think that was the the kind of main point. Um, I will briefly say I, I did like the music in this film. Um, like what was being played in the background and things like that. Um, there were some good choices there. Um, it opens up with the credits with uh, Lloyd I'm Ready to Be Heartbroken, which is a response song into a song by Lloyd Cole and the Commotions called I'm Ready to Be Heartbroken, which is one of my favorite songs. So I, I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, and um, yeah, so fair enough. Yeah, so I think I'm going to have to say Crocker's right. I didn't really like it. I mean, I kind of went in assuming that I wasn't going to like it, so it's not really a surprise. The Irishness on display was crap. Uh, really, just just poor kind of paddying up of of Ireland. So just yeah. Um, I'll give right. Chloe's opinion before mine. So I asked Chloe right. like the you know would you say it's crock of gold or crock of shite? Um, this is what she said about the film. Uh, it shouldn't be two hours which I agree with. It is too long. She said it should be about an hour and a half. Would it would have been fine? Yeah, I think it did drag in a couple of places. Uh, didn't like the Daniel character at all. Wanted me to stress that. She doesn't see why Holly would be attracted to him. She doesn't like him as a character. She doesn't think we'd how the audience is supposed to relate to him and, and like him. That's grand. Uh, Chloe did genuinely get like a bit emotional around some of the scenes. Um, in particular, the bit where Holly was listening to his voice, uh, Jerry's voicemail to hear his voice again, um, which was, yeah, that, yeah is that's fair of, enough. that is kind of a cute scene in particular. Um, but um, overall, I asked her, is it Chloe, Crock of Gold or Crock of Shite? And she says, uh, Crock of Mediocre. And I said, can you expand on what would, <laughs> I said to her, can you expand on what would be inside a Crock of me- Mediocre? And she says, this is, this is what she said, a Crock of the little version of Diet Coke, you know, something like that. It's, it's like it's like you tried but you missed is what she is what she I summed mean, that up as yeah it's clever uh, it, but she's breaking the rules rob as you said you know there's no nuance here on the internet it, it's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever i'll, I'll take it as a as a, a crack of shite <laughs> well yes it's a uh, little brand coke um, so probably, I'll, yeah specifically the diet coke she says i i don't know if that's ah, right, better, right. but i don't drink diet coke i think it's disgusting um but i'll i'll for myself i'm gonna have to say a crack of shite um I'll just broadly say this isn't an Irish film. It's not a film about Ireland. Um, broadly, it, it's a love story. Ireland is a secondary backdrop to it because it's really set in New York. Um, can't speak to the original novel. Haven't read it. I doubt I probably would because it wouldn't be my kind of thing at all. And look, I I, I think anyway, I think Hilary Swank did a good job acting. Um, you know, that's fine. Jared Butler is a grand actor. Can't do the accent. Uh, William, I liked him as a character. Didn't really like Daniel as a character either. Her friends, I've um, Holly's friends largely found irrelevant and annoying. I did think like Phoebe doing the whole asking every man at, at the at the goddamn wake if they were if they were single and not gay, it was kind of funny. Yeah, and, had a and how much money they make, practically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it works out for in the end, fair play. Um, so, you know, it, it had a couple of nice moments in it that like, I did laugh a little bit at. Um, I liked a few of the bits, but largely speaking, I did. I, it wasn't for me. It did go on too long and dragged a bit. Can't say I enjoyed it. So, crock of shite. Yeah. So, next week, 
I think we will try to watch the 2020 movie Pixie, which is another movie set in Ireland, thankfully, uh, with a great cast, actually, from what I've seen. So we'll see if we can get that done for next week. Yeah, hopefully we we, we can. Um, uh, Looking forward to it. Um, Yeah. So anyway, thanks very much, guys, for listening today. Um, I think we'd we'd hyped up P.S. I Love You for a while as our Valentine's (laughs) film. So we we finally got around to it. I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Um, If you'd like us to get input off other people for future reviews um, for specific movies, let us know if you like that idea. We can get in other friends or other people who might have a specific area of knowledge for a film or just might be more their type of film. So, yeah, um, if you like, if you have any other questions or any feedback, any suggestions for movies you'd like to give us, you can uh, find us on Twitter at BlarneyPod. You can also email us at TalkingBlarneyPod at gmail.com. So from me, it's goodbye. Sloan, and we'll see you next week.